0: It's not about the technology, it is what you do with it. Welcome to Digital Dash. We are excited about the opportunities technology presents in our modern world and we spend a lot of time tinkering with the use cases. Join us every week on our podcast as we share our findings and break things down into zeros and ones. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and enjoy this episode.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Dash podcast. If you've been listening for some time, we've been quite heavy on the new exciting thing 2023 seems to be bringing, which is artificial intelligence. Today, we have a special guest, um, Silas, who is an expert in the field with a lot of experience in research and development. And so today, we are going to look at AI from an expert I or from an expert's opinion, we would basically try and discuss the world of artificial intelligence, talking about the basics of machine learning to cutting-edge research which is being done today, and of course, ChatGPT. I didn't make a mistake this time. <laughs> so let's just dive straight into it. Silas, you, you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Hi, everyone. My name is Silas Ben-Pong. I
0: work as a machine learning engineer, um, currently working in two fields, um, healthcare and nutrition. So healthcare, currently working with Data Tech AI. Um, as an ML engineer, they're mostly working on um, 1D, 2D, and then 3D um, ECG. X-ray
1: scans and you're yeah, um, going to have to explain all of that
0: to yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of jargon that said, but basically like yeah, health stuff um, okay. with that. And then quite recently, uh Plant Village. So okay. Plant Village is um a research institution in Penn State University where they mostly collaborate with people in um Africa, um, especially um food researchers on um, nutritional benefits that they could get from like local crops grown here. So most of my work involves like uh, building models, right. trying to like uh, collaborate with like local universities. Okay. Currently, we have a collaboration going on with Noguchi, okay, um, and the school feeding program where I'm trying to work on nutritional uh, benefits for teenagers and basically like checking out the food they eat and building models to better improve their nutritional requirements so oh, i
1: see that, that that all sounds very very interesting That's <laughs> a very big deal but i mean yeah. tell me how did you become interested in the the field in the first place why did you decide to pursue it as a career oh uh, it,
0: it was it was out of curiosity and by chance mostly so uh back in tech i said mechanical engineering um first year i didn't really like the way um our curriculum was structured Ish. <laughs> <laughs> they were like uh, how do I, put it? I don't i don't it felt like in high school like my ideology of like university education I've been um something that like i don't have to um root memory like always like right but then how do i given that like I was like oh engineering i'll definitely be like building a lot of stuff my current i'll get my hands dirty a bit but when it like reality hit me i was like nah it's not it's not exactly like that so i actually stopped going to class oh oh <laughs> yeah okay. i hope
1: your mom is not listening because Okay,
0: so i stopped going to class and then um spent time in my room that, so actually that's when i started learning how to code cool. oh okay um but prior to that i already had an interest in right. uh, robotics and stuff okay. like that shit. so
1: based on the curriculum and your expectations you basically decided to you know stay in your room learn how to code and now you are where you are I, yeah, yeah, yeah i think it's a very you know like it's it has a very good ending because yeah, like, really now, good ending. now is a golden age of AI, and, yeah, and, and so I think I think that that yeah. really it
0: was a while, it was out. a wild bit to do it. it was a wild right. bit to my yeah. right?
1: All right, so so now that we kind of have an idea who who you are, let's let's delve a little deeper. Um, of course, whenever something new comes up on Twitter, there are so many experts, right? All of a sudden, everybody is talking about how AI is a few months ago everyone was talking about crypto and nft as yeah. if like they've been doing it as a day job before then it was inter- international relations because of the russia ukraine right. war and yeah. all of that so so i i think we are actually happy to to have somebody like you here to address some of these concerns that we um, have what is the difference between machine learning deep learning artificial intelligence like how are all of these terms related they seem to be buzzwords which are thrown about very very often so if you can explain the the difference and the relation sure um i think for all the buzzwords here is
0: usually ai so ai if you think of it as a family tree that's where like machine learning and deep learning come from Um, machine learning is a form of um, ai deep learning is also a form of ai but they have um different applications uh, so if you talk about machine learning um to like put it into <laughs> later, or so to make it too complicated uh, it's when you have like very very small amounts of data relatively small amounts of data that you try to make predictions with or you try to like look into the future um to say given um, these certain patterns what would likely happen in the next five or ten years So um, most most useful areas where you find that is like stock price prediction. Those uh, kinds of activities are mostly like machine learning um, based activities or the weather forecast that's okay. that's an example of uh machine learning. Let me
1: ask you a very quick question and then you can continue. Okay. Um for the stock price prediction models, how how accurate have you found them to be? Because uh, if we have a model that <laughs> can predict stock price accurately, why why don't I have it? <laughs> uh yeah, so there are actually models like that.
0: Um uh, but you don't mostly find them in financial institutions. Like, okay. Um, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley and all that. There are actually quite a number of them uh, that are open source. But they are all dependent on um, the features you have. So Mm -hmm. I I thought I should explain features. So with um, AI in general, before an AI can learn from data, it basically needs to learn features. Um, Given how good the features are, like every good AI model, or should I say, how an AI model performs is dependent on how good information is able to get, to train on and learn. Like for instance, like, uh, PC results or OIC results, like you're only as good as the information you've gotten yeah. access to. And if you have actually covered the topics that, um, came in the paper, cause probably you probably like learned everything like in the syllabus, but during like examination, one of the questions gave you I probably forgot yeah. about <laughs> this or you probably didn't learn well enough. So you wouldn't do well on it as compared to probably someone who read one specific page, learnt everything verbal and that person does very well. So that person ends up maybe scoring a ninety or a hundred, but you end up scoring probably like a seventy or sixty. Not because you didn't study very well, but you didn't cover that specific area very well. Right. So that's where you get to see um differences in like how like different machine learning models perform. Okay. Given how whoever built it tweaked the features or like maybe you specify like, Hey, like look at this area specifically, like read it more or make sure like you highlight this area compared to like this area. And then when you ask specific questions on that area, then it then, uh, performs very well. Okay. It, yeah.
1: okay. So, um, I mean, I, I am very curious about the, the stock price prediction model. I would probably do some more research. After oh yeah,
0: there, the, there, <laughs> there are lots um, of open source <laughs> models. Uh, the only problem is that, you probably wouldn't have like insider, um, like access access Mm, in in the sense of like, if you're, if you're working in a company like maybe Morgan Stanley or JP Morgan, obviously like, um, you have like huge access to lots of data. Um, and then you're able to see much more patterns and, and before you even come to machine learning, I should say like, there's a lot of, uh, people often forget that like machine learning, machine learning can't exist without having like a lot of data. Um, analysis, there's a lot that needs to go into data analysis before you, like, say, okay, like, given all these insights I have, I can then start building um, a machine learning model. So before you get to machine learning, you need to have, like, very good data analysis, and then that translates into you building uh, very good models.
1: Okay. Okay, cool. So I think we i now have a, a better understanding of the hierarchy right so like you said ai is the umbrella term yeah and then there's machine learning and then there's also deep, deep learning, learning. Yeah. and machine learning is dependent on you know data yeah but
0: relatively small amounts of data relatively small amount amounts of data, of data. Being,
1: being trained very well and being yeah. tweaked well to be able to have like a larger um, degree of confidence when yeah. predictions are, are being made okay okay i think it's pretty clear in my mind now moving on to the next question what are some of the most exciting applications of ai that you have seen and um maybe to sound a little philosophical <laughs> um what do you think the impact is going to be on society because i mean okay no let me let you answer i i don't want to talk about the stock price thing this <laughs> yeah. is it very interesting <laughs> i'm
0: very interested wait is it because of the bull market so like you're yeah, very very interested in like price for yeah
1: but let, let's talk to you after <laughs> after the after sure. the show yeah. Uh wait, so the question again. Um the most exciting application that you have I, seen so
0: far. I think the most exciting one is what like everyone is talking about. Right. That's because like right now it's readily accessible to everyone which is ChatGPT. Uh, chat GPT. Um given the fact that like I think this is the first time in history that like everyone and anyone at all, once you have access to um internet and then um a device you can like pretty much check out things on. You really much have access to like your own um should i say it was uh iron man's um iron javis man's stack, uh, uh AI sister, forgot, Jarvis. sister javis, yeah. javis yeah. everyone has access to like their own javis which i even think about it is pretty crazy so like people are not wrong in thinking that like it's somewhat of like a sentient being in the sense like <laughs> like nowhere in history have we been able to like have access to something like oh it almost was like conversational where like um given how search is currently uh, google being like the uh, the frontliners in that way you have to google something then you have to go through probably like multiple pages so i go through that so think about the time you spend actually going through it and the content might not probably fit what you're looking out for
1: i don't know whether it it was during google's um announcements but i read somewhere that about 50 percent of search searches actually don't yield the the actual results yeah the actual results that's a large percentage but but
0: you can't exactly blame google because you are looking to fill your pockets it's basically like the ad (laughs) business yeah so like if i have like um maybe like say i've written something on like stock stock market prediction mm-hmm. and maybe say i can call myself an expect and then i have a blog i'll just tweak uh, seo and then my 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 blog is like on top of mm-hmm. search results yeah. but for any random person who probably wants to understand like probably like stock market prediction it might not actually like right feed to what they're yeah, actually, like, really looking out for. So, in a sense, it doesn't meet their needs. Whereas, like, chat GPT, like, regardless of whatever you want, like, okay, explain, I should learn to me like I'm five. You get a good definition. Yeah. Explain, start my get prediction to me like I'm a teenager. You get that kind of, like, explanation. So, I feel like currently that's the most exciting thing. Okay. There are multiple exciting things, yeah, but, but, but the, the one that's t- really <laughs> accessible, yeah. I think, so So the most exciting things there. Um, accessibility bits because there are lots of exciting things that are happening in AI right now but not everyone has access to it so um, yeah so I think the most exciting thing about AI is that if everyone can get access to especially to right now chat gpt is the front mm-hmm. runner right in that too.
1: and it took just about two months to to reach a, a hundred million um yeah, users, users, yeah whereas i think it took the television about 90 years or so <laughs> to, to do the same thing but anyway um still on the topic of chat gpt before we we move on do you have any idea what may be happening behind the scenes when like somebody types a question into uh, chat gpt okay
0: um I'd, I'd more or less I'd explain in terms of, uh, so GPT is, uh, so behind there's a model, but it's a large language model, which basically was trained on billions and maybe trillions of um, data that basically scraped from the internet um, by like text. So uh, it's basically saying like you have um uh, Say you have a human being, or should I say a baby, should I say, mm-hmm. yeah? And you're basically teaching a baby how to talk. Um you basically teach them um the alphabets mm-hmm. and then move on to like uh learn like sentences and then learn grammar and then learn punctuation. So basically that's how like large language models learn. But the difference is that um maybe uh should I let me go a bit detailed into a word? Um so for every um uh, word models are actually like mathematical like equations if like every ai is actually like um, data that has been bundled into like a mathematical equation where given um say y is equal to mx plus c so given a certain x by certain c it gives a specific output of y but in terms of uh, language models for every sentence so like kuju is a boy there's a for every word there's a probability Right. Uh, density calculated on it so given how like someone structures a question, it would pick like let's say um, what is matter so what is matter humans um, for any question that structured as what is matter usually responded as matter is anything that has mass and can occupy space. So before the model gets to that um, okay what is matter question mark okay I need to provide an answer um how do i begin usually humans begin with the end of uh the last word or sentence mm-hmm. in the um whatever follows the by question, the question yeah. mark here. Yeah. should i say before the question mark so matter is and then it then calculates like the probability density for what follows next based on sorry what follows next uh based on uh that particular like, things that it has been trained on. So, all to that, we'll say, okay, matter is anything. Then, to then calculate the probi- uh, probability density for the next word that follows. Oh,
1: okay, so, so what you are, you are saying is that it's actually generating the text on the go yes. based on the probability that this word follows that word that in word, the trillions yeah, of data sets yeah. that it has been trained on.
0: Exactly, okay. exactly.
1: So, then that means that it's actually not... Aware of what it is saying, it is basically just no. uh, a big mathematical yeah, equation. Yeah, yeah. But because it has access to a large data set it's able to predict to a large. Um, I mean, it's able to predict to an accurate, you know, level for many of the the instances. Yeah. And I guess that's why I've heard or I've seen some stuff about Chat GPT's answers actually being hollow. If you are an expert in that field, yeah, right? if yeah. you are not. And you read something which is an output from Chat GPT, it may seem like it's the best thing that you've ever read. Yeah. But if you are close to the subject matter, you realize that actually this is great, but it's just beginning to scratch the, the, the surface. surface. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But but that's partially has to do with how like opinion AI has built it. Because they want to do some more conversational. Okay. So obviously like adding those tweaks and things like but, but just picture this, just imagine that a model or you had your own version of chat GPT that was built on mm-hmm. um, conversations that are happening on twitter how do you think a model like that would respond to yeah it's,
1: <laughs> it's, i think it is going to become like microsoft ai chatbots that was on twitter and uh, within, within like days it was basically sounding like a racist exactly because like um i mean
0: twitter is a like very toxic place <laughs> <laughs> It's a very very toxic place. The spit
1: of the internet. Too.
0: Yeah, um, it's an opinion overload. So mm-hmm. people have multiple opinions, have lots of biases. So every a model to like learn all that, we obviously pick all that data okay. and then basically like spread that out. Okay. So,
1: okay. Okay. Understood. 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 I know. I know. Um, Elon Musk was a co-founder of OpenAI, yeah uh, but i think i saw a tweet of his yesterday that um you know he doesn't think that it should be commercialized he doesn't think that it should be you know like as accessible as it is um you know par- paraphrasing his, his his words and he also thinks that ai is the biggest concern that humans should are probably going to face, you know, over a period of time. How how would you respond to such concerns about potential risks of AI, um, such as you know bias, the fact that it can give wrong answers, and the fact that it may potentially, you know, be used for autonomous weapons? Because you know these are human beings that we are talking about. Yeah. I, I don't trust humans.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually is like. Why we point out our finger at someone, why else we should be looking at Because yeah. actually the, like I said earlier, on, the the whatever model you build, like Chat GPT is only as good as the data has fed to it. Human beings are biased. So what do you want Chat GPT to do? <laughs> <laughs> so until until we I mean there's definitely like a lot of uh, research currently going on, especially in terms of um ethical AI where they try to reduce um bias and responses. So Um, How um, far left should a response be? How far right should a response be? Should it be centered or, I don't know, should you appeal to more people that are black or should you appeal to more people that are white? It's a very difficult problem to solve given how complex human beings are because in relation to how... um, let me deviate a bit and then uh, come to religion a bit. Even in terms of religion and Christianity, you realize that there are multiple
1: denominations that have... Muslim at this church. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please. <laughs> I don't say religion, But I'll say that, like, basically, even Christianity, you realize that there are different denominations and how, try um, I say, different uh, ways
1: that... Like different doctrines.
0: Different doctrines yeah. and different ways that people, like, worship and then pray to God. But we all call ourselves christians but you realize that uh, i like got different in that how do you deal with something like that so you're like someone says they are christian but then they're like hmm, are you catholic are you pentecostal yeah. like someone would be like oh no if you follow this doctrine from this christian church you you won't go to heaven you sure. <laughs> so Right. if you are building a model that's supposed to like distinguish it, we humans ourselves haven't been able to answer those questions for ourselves so how do you expect a model to do that for you if like by nature that's how we are or should I say by design that's how we are okay. so it's a very difficult area as it stands that I don't know I don't think they'll be able to fully answer because then again like if they make a like centered answers like no bias towards like far left or far right a far right person will come out and say like why is ChatGPT saying um all lives matter hey sorry black person would say like all lives matter but like maybe in the month of february I'd celebrating like black history month yeah. so why are you propagating that or someone will say all white lives matter but i will be like no that's a very racist thing so those nuances would be very confusing for a model to yeah. like agree on given how like very diverse and yeah. uh, human but, opinions are but
1: could it could it be like how bing um displays some some search results because i realize that bing may say this is what i found but this and this and that are also other sources that you you can check out so maybe i i don't know whether a way to address this issue would be to say well according to an overwhelming portion of the data i am learning from this happens to be the the, the consensus but i can't also ignore this that and this
0: yeah that that's true uh that that's a very fair point um but then again um um, because if If that's the answer is given, then it goes back to the old form, yeah. Google search where like at the end of the day, like decide decide (laughs) for what you want. Meanwhile the AI is supposed to the quickest way to like form an opinion or get answers to whatever you want. That's what they are trying to solve for.
1: Right. Okay. So now now let me ask you this this other follow up question after finding out how chat GPT works behind the scene. And it looks like we are we've come back we've we've come to chat gpt <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. AI, but we'll go back there soon do ai models or do machine learning models have like a kill switch where if something unexpected happens or if there's an unexpected development it can be shut down because i read i don't know whether um, this is true but i read that i think google had some ai models that basically created a language that they were basically communicating in and google had to shut it down so do all AI projects have like a kill switch just in case <laughs> <laughs> something like Ultron happens. <laughs> yes, yes and
0: no. Uh, oh, just say yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry, there, yes there's, or no? Yeah. No, I'm saying yes and no. Okay. Not yes or no. Okay. Yes and no. So yes in sense that kill switch would be to maybe you just have one model that you're working with and think of it in terms of like uh, software development. Like, maybe that's what we have in production. So, shut down production as mm-hmm. if you have only one model. But usually, when in AI projects, given how like we are experimenting with things, you usually have like multiple model versions. So, if a specific model in production right now is not performing well, you'll probably go back or roll back to a relatively good or better model pair like maybe the current situation right okay. now so maybe it had a very very safe model it wasn't given exactly good um results but it was very very safe given how it performed so maybe like for instance, in relation to the bing um uh, chatbot they'll probably like roll back to that right. specific model version so instead of it giving i think this morning i read that like they're trying to reduce our responses from um five or six or seven to I say two or three because the realize that after the first two responses, yeah. the rest is pretty much nonsense. Mm-hmm. So, those kind of tweaks are usually what happens.
1: Okay. But isn't what there like a case where you are trying to roll back and the AI knows that you are, you are trying to <laughs> catch <pack> my, <laughs> <clip> <laughs> my <laughs> No, no, uh,
0: it's, they, not nah, it's not uh, possible. A- AIs don't have like um, that, that. We've the, seen the, Ultron. <laughs> Yeah, we've seen ultra, we, we haven't got to there yet. Okay. Have, so, that, okay. that has to do with. Um, Artificial general intelligence. Right. The end goal of uh, current AI is to, like, get to that. But we are currently, like, very, very far off. Right. People do say we are getting close to AGI. I somewhat agree with it. But sometimes what we currently have right now feels like they are hallucinating um, information. Okay. Like, they actually not aware. If, if you check to talk, they're actually threads of people who, like, let's say, um, i i think there's um there's a very uh, yeah, good like
1: where they are basically spoofing the yeah the engine to come up with weird nonsensical answers.
0: exactly because it's not exactly aware of what is wrong or right it's just yeah. based on those patterns yeah, yeah Has yeah, learned yeah, from it right. so there's another company about it that where if someone says your your answer you're giving to as in like i'm the one t- interacting with ChatGPT. i tell ChatGPT gpt that this answer is wrong given that by default they would want to play safe and say humans are always right. So it would override whatever the model says and would pick up whatever I am saying. Even though I could be wrong, but the model doesn't have insights on that.
1: Right. So it's just
0: hallucinating information. Okay.
1: Okay, sure. If you've been listening to this podcast, my name is Kwame Arthur and I've been having a conversation with Silas. We are basically speaking about AI, machine learning, deep learning and their relations and, you know, applications, problems, issues, governance and all the good stuff about it. So yeah, um, still on the issue of GPT, the CEO of OpenAI. Sam Altman is proposing an approach where AI is tailored to individual needs and beliefs and values. I think this is going back to the the point we're discussing around. OK, if there are so many different flavors and different values of different people, then can the chatbots display multiple information at once? Now, what do you think um, about tailoring ai to individual needs and beliefs of uh, people do you you think it's an effective way of dealing with the bias or you think it's a lazy shortcut
0: (laughs) i I think it's a lazy shortcut oh
1: okay (laughs) why
0: it's a lazy shortcut because like if if you're appealing to everyone's user no one has an issue right Uh so like that basically like shuts everyone out (laughs) yeah but (laughs) but in a sense it's not helping i feel like it's a much more uh ethical um problem like very very deeply ethical problem that uh if i'm always getting answers to things i want um say we are in a room yeah. and, and and you know right now people use uh, charge gpt to like more or less like say hey we have a meeting on xyz how do you think we should best approach it, and then charge gpt will basically give you so if um like you and i right now like maybe before coming i have chat GPT giving you like what AI means given my background yeah. and the body of like things I already know and it also gives you the same thing it, it gives you a different answer when we're having a conversation there'll be some sort of conflict because given the information as it provided to you mm-hmm. it's tailored to suit your needs it's also tailored to suit my needs but probably uh opinions don't don't match so in that case it will then cause like um, information conflict of some source.
1: Right. So, uh, but but that's quite normal um, because the purpose of con- conversation sometimes is to present different opinions and then as the conversation progresses, you find a middle ground. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I think there's a problem if, you know, my opinion differs from yours, even though we are going to the same source for it. And then we can basically use our interaction to, you know, like tweak our.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, but the, then if like everyone was comfortable with that, we shouldn't have any problem with Chat GPT given mm. differences. So it, it, it is where I'm coming from. I see. Because everyone is like this this thing is wrong. Because if if there wasn't for the fact that like we we we're having like information conflict or fact conflict, should Mm -hmm. I see, we wouldn't be having a conversation where like then we should tailor for everyone's minds. Right, right, right. I
1: feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Okay. Now back to uh the projects that you mentioned that you are working on, right? Um I just want to know what role AI is playing in your scientific research and how it's actually helping to advance um, those fields? Because it looks like you are doing something very interesting in health and nutrition. So how different would the work you are doing now, you know, be if there was no AI and ML? Uh,
0: It would be um, a lot lot labor intensive and a lot, um, you practically need a lot more people and it would be an inefficient process to do um an example is uh given currently in the medical field like this it would take um it would take a doctor probably like seven or eight years to finish okay should I, I should rather relate it to the guardian education yeah, system yeah, yeah. so like six years medical school two years housemanship and you'll probably spend another seven years specializing in probably like neurology or cardiology or something that is like 15 years um, learning to become an expert in a specific field. How many people, given like the world's population, how many people are actively going to those fields to become experts? An example is in Ghana, like how how many subject matter experts do we have in like specific fields? Like maybe cardiothoracic surgery. I think in Ghana we have like only I don't think they are more than 10. But imagine um, a scenario where like we needed diagnosis for like people in like very, very remote areas. And we don't have anyone to, like, say, um, attend to them or something. That's where AI comes in to say, I've been able to learn how to diagnose, like, let's say, I I think a specific use case is in India right now where and where like glaucoma cases instead of like you going to a doctor to like see a doctor and then they'll take a scan of you and all that. You basically go through a machine and AI scans your eye and then checks whether you have glaucoma or not. That's like two minutes. Whereas (laughs) Given those remote areas, probably, you see these days where, like, you have to book a doctor's appointment, oh, the doctor is not in, he'll be here next month. Probably by next month, the glaucoma would have developed to, like, um, very, very serious case, which would, by the time diagnosis would have been performed, you're probably, like, your eye eye is probably, like, half dead. Right. right. (laughs) So, like, in terms of, like, efficiency, it really helps in that regard. And is able to, like, scale to like multiple people, whereas you'd have one doctor tend to probably like 20 patients per day, and then you kind of tend to like 1,000 people,
1: or even tens of
0: thousands of people per day, so.
1: Right, so in terms of scale, in terms of accessibility, and also i think in in terms of development even though i i, I think underlying all, all of that is a very high cost of entry because you know these machines <laughs> these models are not cheap
0: they, so. they are definitely not cheap especially so, yeah. when when we are done training our model and then we check the aws bill at the end of the month <laughs> so spend like thousands of dollars trying to right. train our model so
1: but i'm 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 very sure that us is with everything um the cost is going to come down yeah, yeah the cost if, is going to yeah, come down essentially yeah. so so that's going to probably help us you know get more ai right. in, yeah in, in, that's in, for sure many fields. anyway so um as we are closing out what advice would you give to somebody who is interested in becoming like you you know somebody who wants to pursue a career in ai uh la- <laughs> i don't know is, is there a very don't go to class stay in your room <laughs> I,
0: I guess being being actually curious because ai does so many things that are happening like day in day the like if you should take out the uh, things that like the hype driven part, where like oh, okay there's actually like week in week out like almost every week you have like close to like and um, 10 I mean, right now, I think it was reduced a bit because of the chat GPT hype. but like in 2020, 2021, almost every week you'd have like 10 research papers being released on like, hey, like I discovered like this new model and then there's how it performs on this uh, architecture, check it out. Like there are so many things that are coming day in, day out that can improve anyone's workflow. So being actively curious and it's not a, a field where you can easily get comfortable in. Right like the knowledge you know today by like next year or two because there's, there's this uh, popular model that Google released in 2015 called BERT uh, B-E-R-T uh, but then well, by 2017 there's a model called Roberts, which is an improvement <laughs> on it and then I, th- I think there are multiple variations of, of it as well Roberta. <laughs> and, yeah I think there's Roberta. too so like as like feel well, like being actively curious would would lead you fast So I, I think that's mostly it. But having a knack for uh, math and statistics too would also help greatly. And yeah, also learn how to code. I think that's, okay. that's already given. But I think the foundation is being uh, cu- uh, having a lot of curiosity and then knowing your math. Okay, <laughs> I think that, that pretty much help you well.
1: Okay, sure. Thank you, thank you so much for your answers and your thoughts and opinions. I think um, I am leaving this, this conversation with a much better understanding of um, AI. You know, we've talked on things around what's happening behind the scenes. We've spoken about the the kill switch <laughs> <laughs> and then some of the advancements that AI is affording us um, and how the future is going to be you know, very exciting as we, we begin to scale rapidly and also reduce costs. So, and we also concluded um, on the things that you would need or the advice that you basically give somebody who is interested. Be curious, be creative and like and know math and and (laughs) stats. Thank you very much, Silas. It's been a pleasure having you.
0: Happy to be here. To
1: our listeners, thank you for staying with us until this point. As usual, this is the Digital Dash Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, and Instagram at digital d underscore sh and you can also find us any and everywhere podcasts are consumed until next week it's goodbye for now peace